now here's your host Gabriel Rutledge. Check. Check, 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 check. Okay, good enough. Uh, I'm in my mobile studio. It's my car. I'm in front of my house like a lunatic. It's 11.47 p.m. My family's inside. Some are sleeping. Some are shitting. I have no idea. Uh, I was going to do it inside. Christy was going to bed, but I'm not, I don't know. I feel like I have to whisper, and that makes everything creepy. If I have to whisper. It's also creepy to be uh, in front of my house in my car. Uh, which is also somewhat in front of my neighbor's house, but I don't know if I have when I have to feel like I have to be quiet. I'm just like, so I had some fun shows. It just sounds like it's a creepy confessional. Bless me, Father, for I have sent. Well, you know, you were there. Pretty uh, pretty exciting morning here in the cul-de-sac in Olympia, Washington, in my neighborhood. Uh. Because uh, Christy got up today, uh, I was still sleeping, got back late. I don't know why, I mean, I know why they do construction late at night, but man, when you leave Seattle at 10 p.m., you don't think, I'm getting, I'll, I'll get home at 12.40 when it's usually an hour-long drive, but anyway, that sucked. But anyway, this morning, uh, Christy got up five cop cars towards the end of our street, she goes out to investigate. She's not only a wife, paraeducator, and a mother, but she's an investigative reporter. And <laughs> this sounds like I'm making it up. Someone left a baby in front of one of our neighbor's front doors on their porch. They just left a brand new, still kind of bloody, newborn baby. I'm going to be honest, they picked the worst house in the neighborhood. They picked the one drug addict, as far as I can tell. It's kind of a problematic house. Uh, there's a kid that's like Johnny's age, but he's been in juvie and stuff. I mean, there's been neighborhood theories that maybe the baby was his kid from some woman. I don't know. And the even crazier thing is, I would say that house, uh, we're at the end of the cul-de-sac. They're at the beginning of the cul-de-sac. Uh, that house is probably 80 yards from a fire station. Why not take the newborn baby to the fire station? Uh, but it's just very bizarre. Uh, I mean, it sounds like the beginning of a, a Lifetime Christmas movie. You know front porch baby I'm really glad it wasn't our house I mean that's never a thought I had before I've never thought I hope no one drops a newborn baby off at our house but since it was our neighborhood uh, I have to say I'm really glad it wasn't our house because I really feel like Christy would have taken it as a sign that the universe wanted us to take care of it and I think the house they chose uh, they probably took it as a sign to start smoking crack again. And that's better. Because I don't want a baby. Uh, but how bizarre. How goddamn bizarre. You know, obviously your life circumstances are not going that well if you're dropping a baby off at someone's house. But it's just like, we don't know. Was it just someone randomly walking by? With a newborn baby who's like, this house will do. Do they have some connection to the house? Uh, very bizarre. And I don't know if we're going to get any answers. I assume the baby's in some sort. It's probably at the hospital now. Uh, but man, that's a tough start to life. Sorry, little baby. Uh, so yeah, pretty exciting neighborhood uh, action today. That's the most exciting this neighborhood's been since we had a neighborhood party and the uh, neighbor who was hosting the party got so drunk he fell off his chair and split his head open and ended the party in a very bloody way. That was our last neighborhood party. 
Uh, I kind of miss them. Maybe, maybe that's the Hallmark movie. Is uh, the whole neighborhood raises the baby? This baby chose our neighborhood. It takes a village. It takes a cul-de-sac. That's the name of the goddamn movie. It takes a cul-de-sac on the Hallmark Channel. <laughs> it takes a cul-de-sac raising the Christmas baby, even though it was August first. Uh, but yeah, how bizarre. Um, no podcast last week because uh, Rutledge family. I fucked up my own name. Rel- you know what? Before I talk about going to Hawaii, uh, I I have some thank yous. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I did a show at Helium in Portland. Uh, it was really fun. A couple of longtime podcast and stand-up comedy supporters. Uh, Heather came to see me. Dave came to see me. Thank you to both of you. I appreciate all your support over the years. Had a couple podcast people host me. Podcast listeners host me at their house. Erica in Tacoma, thank you. That was a blast. Uh, we're still eating all the uh, Jersey Mike sandwiches you gave me. Uh, we haven't smoked the joints yet. Um, I ate the low-carb bag of snacks mostly before I got home. So thank you. That was a good time. I think even your woke daughter liked me. Uh, <laughs> and uh, also uh, Megan and uh, Corey hosted me in Elma, basically on, you know, their house, but like a farm. It was in what they called the horse arena. Uh, so you know what? I'm finally doing arenas. Sure. I was standing on dirt performing for eight people, but it was an arena, an arena nonetheless. You can see, I think I put that picture on Facebook if you want to see that, but uh, that was a super fun uh, show as well. So thank you um, to all those people. That was a good time. So, Hawaii. Uh, do I sound tan? Do I sound tan and rested? Because I am tan. I'm not fucking rested. I've actually, I haven't, I've never, I haven't felt rest. I don't know if I ever feel rested. I just feel less tired. I've never woken up and been like, God, I feel rested. Uh, and I'd certainly not on vacation. Uh, it was fun. We had a good time. Hawaii is, uh, you know, I've talked about how the economy is a little wobbly. Like wobbly? I haven't been drinking. I actually haven't. It's it's wobbly. You know, they can't fill jobs. There's certain shortages. There's, uh, and Hawaii is no exception, which did make for an odd vacation. You know, it's the hotels are all understaffed. The, Restaurants are all like 90-minute waits to get in, you know. So it, it was a little, um, there was some pain-in-the-ass stuff as far as a vacation goes, but it was still fun. It, it was a good time. Uh, day one was rough. Day one was rough. We flew six hours to get there. Let me just Let me just say before I continue that the only reason we got to go to Hawaii Honolulu, is my mother-in-law. So I am very grateful to my mother-in-law. My mother-in-law will not be listening to this podcast. Uh, She would not be able to find or listen to a podcast at gunpoint, I'm pretty sure. But in case anyone who knows my mother-in-law is listening, uh, I am grateful to my mother-in-law for taking us to Hawaii um, because we wouldn't have gone without her. We would have gone to Seaside, Oregon. And we probably wouldn't have done that without her either because we always use her timeshare condo. Any, that, this podcast isn't about my mother-in-law, but this part is. She's one of these people who views every financial interaction like it's a flea market, like it's a garage sale. Like, how much does this cost? $99? Mm, not for me. I'll bargain. And I have seen it be successful. I have seen her do it, but, you know, Christy and I were kind of trying to tell her, right now, Hawaii, there's a, there's, a, there's a rental car shortage. 
you know, uh, we looked to get like a minivan even, and there were seven of us total, but just for a, one minivan, um, it was like uh, $1,300 for the week. So we're like, well, we're just not going to do that. We'll take a shuttle to the hotel. We'll be fine. Uh, my mother-in-law was like, no, we'll find something. I'll find the day before she said she'd reserve something. It was small, but, uh, they said she'd be able to upgrade when we got there, which, yeah, I've rented a car or two in my life. When you upgrade, they're either charging you more money. Or that are out of the car that you rented. And so they're like, would you like to upgrade for, you know, they're trying to, they're not upselling you. They're just saying, hey, I'm upgrading you from a Kia Rio because all we have on the lot are, you know, Ford Broncos. So it was a little weird that it's like, you're going to get to upgrade for free in the middle of a rental car shortage. That seems unlikely, but you know, whatever. She's paying. So from the airport. Rental car shuttle. We go to the rental car place. The line is a hundred people deep. It's a fucking hundred people deep. You know, we're already tired. We had to get up early. The kids are, you know, we're feeding them snacks, but they're hungry. So, you know, she gets in line. We get in line. They wait in line. I was with the kids. Christy and, and her mom were in line for hours. Couple of hours until they finally got to the front of the line. Surprise, surprise, they did not give her a free upgrade. I get called to the I get called over there because I'm supposed to be on the thing. I have to be the driver, and I don't want to be I don't want to be the official driver. So then she, you know, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. So she's like, well, let's just rent it one day and then we can come back tomorrow. And I have a and I'm like, but I don't want to come back tomorrow. You know, and I said, why don't we, di- we could get an Uber. I'd been checking. We can get an Uber. It's like 40 bucks. It was actually less than that. I mean, we'll have to get two of them. But let's just go to the hotel. We don't need. So we stayed in line for two hours and then ended up taking Ubers to the hotel. There was a lot of traffic. That took about an hour. Uh, <laughs> we get to the hotel. Uh, it's under construction to a ridiculous level, which was a little, you know, I know this is a real one percenter problem, but I did have the thought like you had a year and a half outrigger reef. You had a year and a half to do all this shit. Now, now's the time for construction. It's like, welcome to the outrigger. Like, oh, this is going to be a pleasant stay. So the elevators, there's only one of them running out of three. Uh, We had to wait in a long line. Uh, Olive freaked the fuck out. She's an anxious kid. All of my kids are anxious. That's all we have in my house is anxious kids, anxious cats. Uh, So the elevator kind of like almost shut on her and she, she freaked out. She freaked out. She was like crying. She's tired. She was hungry. You know, we had to wait to eat for 90 minutes at the restaurant. And I, I'm just, I'm telling you, you know, in the spirit of honesty, I lost my shit. Christy and I have joked over the years about being on vacation and just watching families melt down. It was me this time. I did it. I don't even remember what I said. I was just like, (laughs) I was basically just yelling at my family to shut the fuck up. I don't think that was my exact words, but I I lost my shit. I'm like, can we just, this is a hard enough day. Can we not freak the fuck out constantly? Guess what, guys? It didn't help. Uh, I threw a little fuel on the fire. I felt like an asshole later, but uh, by day two, it was fine. Everything, you know, we had a good time. There's a pool. There's a beach. Uh, What else do you need? I don't I don't want my kids to fear me. Uh except for every once in a while. I just when I was a kid, 
when I could tell my dad was under stress, or not even like under stress, but just like trying to figure things out, like if he was driving and he'd clearly missed a turn or was trying to figure out where to go or, you know, any of those type of scenarios, I just knew to shut up. And he never, I don't know why, he never hit me. He didn't even, you know, with a few exceptions, he very even yelled at me. So it wasn't like I was in physical, uh, the, the threat of physical violence or mental abuse was not what kept me quiet. I just, I just feared him. I, I feared his anger or I feared upsetting him. Uh, you know, even though the anger wasn't anything, you know, anything they make <laughs> Lifetime movies about, uh, I just, I knew to shut the fuck up. And my kids don't. They do not. If I'm driving and I'm trying to figure out where I'm going or I missed a turn or I got to turn around or I'm trying to figure stuff out, they'll be like, my friend on Roblox just emailed me. And I'm like, now? Now. You can't see there's other shit happening? In my head, I say that. Except in Hawaii, I actually said it out loud, I think. But So I don't, you know, again, I don't want my kids to tiptoe around me on eggshells like I'm a violent lunatic. But at the same time, I'm like, I wish they were like, oh, it looks like dad's under stress. Maybe we should shut the fuck up for a minute. I wish I could have that occasionally. Occasionally. But it's never. It's never. Olive is, uh, she's really got a case of the daddies right now. And if you have kids, you know, they go in phases. They're like, they're super, well, in general, they're always close to mom. But, you know, sometimes they're closer to me. Sometimes they drift back and forth. Uh, She's she is very into me right now, which is nice because I it's probably the last age I get, you know. Um, but there were times where I was with her, uh, and Christy would be somewhere else, and um, she doesn't want to go to the bathroom by herself. Anxious kid, right? Uh, <laughs> she also this is way too much information, but um, she's ten, and you guys won't tell her. Uh, you know, she was she she was a little constipated. She was she was afraid happens to a lot of us on vacation. She was afraid to poop because she thought it might hurt because you know she was constipated. And so, you know, we were like at a mall and uh she'd be like, I want I have to go to the bathroom. I'm like, okay, I'll take you. You gotta go to the men's with me, but okay. We go, she sits down. No, I'll do I'll do it later. Okay. We go back out to the mall. A minute later, I got to go back. I, there was a scene in the bathroom where I was like, "Olive, you have to go to the bathroom." And she st- <laughs> she started crying like sadly crying and talking like, "I don't want to. Please don't make me go in there. I don't want to do this. Please don't make me This is in a men's bathroom in a Honolulu mall. Please don't make me. No, I don't want to do this. I I said to her, Olive, if you don't stop doing that, someone's going to call the police. You are a 10-year-old girl in a men's bathroom screaming at a 47-year-old man, please no, I don't want to do this. You have to stop. I'm here because you're afraid to shit. I don't want to be arrested. Good Lord. Uh, good news, she did shit. <laughs> uh, she, should, uh, she should have sea cucumber, so everything's good. Man, sometimes, this is gross, but sometimes kids shit, and you're like, how... That's half the size of your body. How was that in you? It's actually a miracle. It's like a... Your bowels are like clown cars. How much was in there? It's just still coming out. 
Anyway, vacation was fun. It was fun. Here's an impression of it. Dad, 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 watch, dad, watch, dad, watch, look, 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 dad, 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 look at me, dad, dad, look, watch, I'm going to jump, dad, look, 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 dad, dad. Just to give you a sense. I'm going to miss that too. I'm about done with that. They're getting old. They're becoming people. Johnny doesn't do that anymore. You know, he's 19. He's never like, dad, dad, dad. He's just like, ugh, dad. There was a, uh, at our pool, uh, they had entertainment at night, which was kind of fun. They had some uh, singers, but it was, it was, <laughs> it was interesting to, uh, I don't know. Showbiz is just always rough. It's always a rough gig, man. No matter what you're doing. Uh, there was people, you know, there's a restaurant and there's a pool and then there's people over in the corner. And one of the nights it was like real traditional Hawaiian singing. And so they're, they're doing like a, a pre-amble, ramble before their song. Like while all this vacation activity is happening around them, and there's some like older woman on stage who's like, you know, the history of these islands is contained in our songs. This great land we stand on right now, this land of Waikiki, was the once the land of royalty. In 1790, Princess, you know, she's gone through the, this history. And while she's doing that, it's like, Marco! Polo! You know, people in the restaurant are like, can I have a side of ranch? And I'm just like, oh my God. God, show business is brutal. This once proud land. Hey, no diving. It was like watching that movie Moana in an Applebee's lounge. I kind of feel like I could. I looked like I was from Hawaii, not the whiteness of me. Um, I got a little more tan as the trip went on. Uh, but like, I don't I, with the long hair, I was—I I, kind of feel like I could be like a, like a cautionary Hawaiian tale, like you know, a guy who could have been one of the greatest surfers in the world, but had a drug and/or dessert problem, so <laughs> never reached my potential. Ah. <laughs> uh, he could have been the best, but he just kept drinking and eating that pineapple ice cream they have everywhere here. This proud island was the home of royalty. Cannonball! We went on a tour. Uh, my mother-in-law wanted us to go on a tour, so we went on a tour. It was a, mostly a shuttle ride with stops. Got to see Obama's... Uh, New Hawaiian mansion he's building. I got to see uh, where the rock stays. I got to see Bill Gates' place. Um, I got to see... Uh, really, the whole tour it seemed like a scam between the driver and people he knew. He'd be like, oh, we're all going to stop and get these donuts at this one place. And then we just would pull into a parking lot. We'd all get out and buy donuts. And then I assume they gave him 50 bucks. Then we went to the next spot. We're going to go to this shrimp shack up here. We're going to go to this knickknack store. <laughs> it just seemed like it was all his pals. Uh, he was getting a cut of everything. He was kind of a character, though, because he was clearly going off script. Like, he would just start rambling. Like, he would go very in-depth about how homeless people would stay in parks and then they would get arrested and uh, taken out. And I'm like, how is this part of the tour? How is this? We just saw Bill Gates' house, and now you're like, if there's homeless people in the park, they come tell them if you're not out of here in 24 hours, uh, then we're going to come back and arrest you and uh, take all your stuff. And when they come back, and if they don't leave, uh, then they're charged with obstructing justice, and then they go to jail. And I'm like, what? 
This proud island was once home of royalty. Why are you, why are you bringing that up, dude? He would also just like, he'd start talking about COVID for a minute. He'd just be like, oh, this COVID stuff's terrible. But into the mic, he has a microphone. Like, you know, he's talking like a bus driver does. It's like, oh, this COVID stuff is terrible. It's like, I don't know. I think a lot of these medical companies are making a ton of money on it. You know what I mean? What? Huh? When do we go to the Dole factory? I was promised ice cream. That's my favorite vaguely conspiratorial thing to say, though. You can say that about anything. It's like, well, someone's getting rich on this. What? Of course that's true. <laughs> oh. It's actually very hard to wear masks in Hawaii because it was so humid. Uh, and they have a much stricter mask policy than, uh, although I guess they might be reversing. I don't know. Quick side note on uh, coronavirus. I'm not an expert. Um. I do know, just on a personal level, the thought of things rolling back, like the thought in my business of, oh, we're back to 50% capacity, or you know, I just, I can't, I, I say I can't do it. Of course I will do it. But just the thought of it, I'm just like, fuck it. No, no. I don't care about the charts. I don't care about the numbers. No. And I also don't understand, if you're smarter than me, if you've been paying more attention, please enlighten me. I am not a hoax person. I do not think it's a hoax. I think it's a real thing. 600,000-something people have died. Many more have long-term COVID issues. I'm not saying it's nothing. I, in the beginning, I was not a person who said it's like the flu. But from what I'm trying to read, and it's hard to, who knows what you're reading, it seems like even with the new variants, if you've been vaccinated, then coronavirus now is like the flu. If you've been vaccinated, maybe it's a bad flu, but it's still like statistically like the flu as far as hospitalization and death. Well, I lived my life with the threat of the flu constantly. I never said in my life, oh, I can't go to Little Rock, Arkansas. It's flu season. Never in my life have any of us ever said that. So what I don't understand is if people are getting sick now but not dying, isn't that what we were... Wanting? I mean, I know we want it to go away eventually. And I know that some people didn't get vaccinated and so they can still get much sicker. And I know that if you're vaccinated, there is a chance you also could get sick. But like, didn't didn't we do it? Weren't, a year and a half ago, weren't we like, well, if we could just live with it. If we could just, well, didn't we fucking do it? I don't know. I will see, I see stories about how hospitals are getting full again, and then I, you know, so maybe that's a, a factor as well. Uh, I'm not talking about this from a doctor or nurse's perspective, but I just don't, I don't quite understand that, like, you know, oh, we have to roll back restrictions again, or, uh, or, uh, bring back masks indoors. Although, honestly, if they bring back masks indoors, that's, who gives a shit? I mean, I do give a shit. I don't like doing it, but it's like, if we could wear, if we had to wear masks inside, but we still got full capacity, uh, I'd be okay. Also, it's all bullshit. We have to admit it's all bullshit. The, the fact you wear a mask inside, and then you sit down at the restaurant, and then you take it off, this is hygiene theater. This is, what does any of this do? What do people say masks work? Do masks work when you only wear them while walking? 
but not sitting? Do, do, <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand. Uh, maybe I'm a moron, but it just see it just seems like. Okay, I'm vaccinated. I could still catch it. If I do, odds are it'll be no, either non asymptomatic or I won't have to go to the hospital. Okay, let's fucking go. Let's live life then. So I don't understand. I don't understand the idea that uh, we just have to. Uh, Obviously, if it got bad enough, again, we would have to do something. But wasn't the idea from the beginning like, hey, this shit's happening, but let's not overwhelm the hospitals. And so we did that. Now there's a vaccine. It's not perfect, but it's pretty goddamn good. Let's go. That is a very non-medical opinion. I just, look, there was a time 10,000 people a day were dying from coronavirus in the United States of America. And now, a couple hundred, 300. I mean, 200 people died from vending machines falling on them today, probably. I know death isn't the only impact, but it's like, Jesus Christ. I mean, tour guide was right. Someone's making some money. You know what I'm talking about? Follow the money. <laughs> I also like how uh, anti-vax people talk about how much money the uh, vaccine companies are making. And they're also always the same people who are the most pro-capitalism. Isn't that what you wanted? A private company? made a product, and now they're getting super rich on it? Isn't that what's better than the government doing it? Look how much money Moderna made this year. Well, yeah. If you would have made a life-saving vaccine, you might have made a couple bucks yourself, Jethro. But you didn't. Instead, you invested in Code Red Mountain Dew. Anyway, Hawaii was fun. Hawaii was a good time. Uh, we got to see sea turtles. That was the best part of the tour. Swam with some turtles. <sighs> At one point, the tour guide, it sounds like I'm making this up. At one point, I'm not doing his accent because it would be cultural appropriation, but he was Hawaiian. Uh, at one point, he goes, on your right is one of our oldest cemeteries. And that is where my wife has been for 11 and a half years, and I miss her every day. Uh, bro, <clears throat> I'm on a tour on vacation. Can you take it down a notch? We're talking about coronavirus and your dead wife? Holy shit. Maybe stop by a papaya stand or something. Lighten the mood. Jesus Christ. He's like, oh, over here. Over here is where my childhood home was. But we were horribly forced to leave there when they built the highway and they took it over from us. It's like, is this a tour of the island or a tour of your trauma, man? I'm sorry all this shit happened, but, you know, is this a bus ride or a podcast? By the way, uh, speaking of coronavirus, I'm historically wrong about almost everything, but I really, there's, I really don't think the United States or even Washington State is going to roll back too far. I don't think they're going to do... They might say masks indoors, but I don't... I might be wrong, but I just don't think they're going to say 50% capacity again because I don't think they can. I think people don't give a shit anymore. I was in Seattle last night 
Uh, I had a show at the Elks Club, got canceled. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I stopped by Laugh's Comedy Spot. And look, Seattle is probably battling it out with Portland for most liberal city in the whole goddamn country. And the media is just scaring the shit out of everyone right now. Corona's back. Delta variant. You know? Lock up your nostrils. Stop breathing. Delta variant's back. Um, and I was at laughs. They did have a sign on the door that said, please wear a mask inside. Everyone took it off when they sat down. Uh, but my point is, it was packed. There was a lot of people in extremely liberal Seattle while all the news is like, it might be time to start doing all the shit we used to do. And they were like, no, we're going out. We're vaccinated. We're going out. Or we're not vaccinated. We're going out. But it's Seattle, so I'm guessing most of them were. So I just don't, you know, I could be wrong, but I hope I'm, I don't know. I, I don't think they can roll it back that far. I don't, I don't think that, uh, I don't think that the economy can survive. And I think they know it because the economy is already wobbly as hell. They can't find people to fill jobs. You know, if they shut down everything again and just, you know, I just don't, I don't know. I don't think it's going to happen. I think, uh. Part of living uh, in a pandemic is you have to live with a certain amount of death. That sounds terrible. It sounds awful. But we do it with everything else. You know, and uh, like I said, I, maybe I haven't been reading the right articles. If you have any other information, feel free to email me. Gabriel at GabrielRutledge.com. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I... When everyone, you know, all, all the uh, sort of the tone of news media has changed into panic mode again, I started kind of looking into things. And I'm like, look, it's getting worse, but like, I don't understand. If not that many people are dying, that's good, right? And if the amount of people goes from, from 100 people dying in a country of how many million? 270, 360? I can't even remember. How many people live in this country? Three, t 328 million. 328 million people. If, if uh, a couple hundred of them died yesterday from coronavirus, um, let me do my comedy shows. Or let anyone else do what they need to do. Uh, but we'll see. I don't, maybe it's just what I want to believe. You know, maybe I just see what I want and uh, I pick the headlines I want to read, but I just, I don't understand. I, you know, I know even stories about there was this big outbreak and a, whatever this happened and 600, certain amount of people caught it, but it's like none of them died. That that Massachusetts, I can't say that word, study that came out about there was 469 cases from some 4th of July festival. And a lot, and many of those people were vaccinated. So that's making them change their mask policy. But 469, I looked it up. 469 people were found to catch it from that event. Four of them were hospitalized and no one died. That's the thing that's making us all panic now? This one new study where no one died? I gotta stop. I gotta stop reading uh Articles, or I'm going to vote Republican next time. I don't know what the fuck's happening to me. Anyway, Hawaii was fun. Hawaii was a great time. What a paradise. Uh, although probably not the part we were at. 
I mean, the beach is paradise, but it was, you know, we are more in the cheesecake factory section of the island. Actually, uh, Johnny, my son, he we, we went to his St. Martin's, that's where he's going to college, St. Martin's University, his uh, orientation, and uh, he got assigned a roommate in his room. I don't know why, but St. Martin's University in beautiful, beautiful Lacey, Washington. No one's ever called Lacey a paradise, but... Uh, Tons of Hawaiian people go to that school. I mean, like a third of the school, I'm throwing that number out there, is Hawaiian. It's very bizarre. Uh, but anyway, his new roommate uh, not only is Hawaiian, but lives next to Waikiki Beach, where we were. Um, so good luck to them. I know it's not, I don't, I'm in a different phase in my life. I'm not a 47-year-old college freshman, uh, but we, we took a little tour of the dorms. And man, I wouldn't want to fucking live there. Just to sleep four feet from a person you just met with a community bathroom down the hall? Yuck. Also, why is that accepted? With the amount of money that colleges cost, I mean, we got a bunch of scholarships, some loans, but like, it's $55,000 a year to go to St. Martin's. We didn't pay, <laughs> we did not pay uh, 20% of that. But my, the point is, like, you know, the scholarships and the, um, and the government grants and all that stuff, that St. Martin's is getting $55,000 per student, even if it's not from the student. Uh we were like shocked how much money we ended up getting. But anyway, the point is, $55,000 a student, you can't put a fucking bathroom in every dorm? It's kind of funny when you think about it. They just get away with it because like, no, no, it's a college. It's supposed to be shitty housing. Well, maybe in the 70s when college cost $1.50 and half of a donut, but... $55,000 a year? And you gotta walk down the hall and take a shower with some other bros? But whatever. I'm not going there. The very first thing Johnny did as a college student uh, was put on a name tag when we got to the orientation and I don't. I guess he thought. I think mine was a my name tag was a sticker. So he thought his was. He took it out of a plastic thing that had a, 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 a safety pin on the back, and he tried to stick it to his chest, but it would. The, his very first thing, he was supposed to do as a college student, and he fucked it up. And I was like, "No, there's a pin. I put it back in, and then I pinned it, like it was his." A note from kindergarten. I pinned it on his, my 19-year-old son who's going to college. I had to put his name tag on for him. And then Christy came by and she was like, why did you put his name tag so low? It should go up here. And she fixed what I fucked up. So maybe it's a family tradition. I don't know. I think he needs to get married as a freshman. That really has helped my life. I know a 19-year-old college freshman, that's young to get married, but they could help him. They could help him. Anyway, Hawaii, what a good time Hawaii was. Uh, Maisie, my 13-year-old, bought a Hawaiian shirt, and uh, she has kind of a short but wild blonde hairdo right now. And so, you know, when she wore the Hawaiian shirt... <laughs> And you know her hair would be all windswept. You ever you ever see that DUI picture of Nick Nolte? That's what she looked like. Nick Nolte. That's some people identify as Nick Nolte. There's a uh, you know, male, female, trans, Nolte. Those are the four genders recognized by science. Here's a hot take. I should have I should have a. Uh, I already shot my mouth off about coronavirus, and I know nothing. I already regret that. But this is, I I kind of wish Christy was on the podcast for this conversation, because this is going to feel one-sided. But 
<laughs> I had this thought on vacation. Why men are generally more happy than women. Which is, of course, not always true, and I'm not always happy. I just told you I lost my shit first day of vacation. But I just think, in general, this is maybe this is like hetero shit. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about the heteronormative whatever. Men and women who are married. But I just want less things. And on vacation, it would be like, I had no agenda. Let's go to the pool. Let's go to the beach. Christy had a couple of specific things. We went, I went to this store when I was here 15 years ago. I want to go back and see it. And then like, you know, her mom would make plans or something would happen and she wasn't able to go for a couple days and she was upset about it. She eventually did go. But the point is like, I don't, I don't have all these disappointing things happen to me because I don't, I'm not trying to do anything. I never have, ha- I never have the thought. I'm going to Hawaii. The one thing I want to do when I'm in Hawaii is I'm just there. I want to go to the beach. I want to go to the pool. I want to relax. I want to have a good time. I saw a turtle. It was great. Uh, But I don't know. I just... Women want too much. And I don't mean that in a way like they're demanding and trying to get shit from men. I just mean like... It's such a setup. I want this, this, and this to happen, and then I'll have a good day. Well, they're never going to fucking happen. Whether it's vacation or, uh, you know, not that I don't ever want to accomplish things. I do, but it's just, I don't know. It's weird. I I feel like the, 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 like the heterosexual couple, <laughs> the woman wakes up and goes, I hope these things happen today. And the man wakes up and goes, I hope those things happen for my wife today. Because that's the best case scenario of, I'm super generalizing right now. But I just mean, my Christy will say shit to me that I'm just like, what? She'll just, she'll just be like, I wish we had a pool. Okay. Sure. I guess I wish we had a pool too. I'm not even thinking of that. I'm not, I don't sit around going, life would be better if we had a pool. It never occurs to me because I know at our our financial status, there's no way we would ever have a fucking pool. But Christy thinks about it and gets a little disappointed we can't get a pool. Like, God, that'd be great if we could have a pool. You don't know one, we don't know one fucking person who has a pool. None. Maybe, you know, in Arizona, maybe everyone has a pool, but not in Olympia, Washington. We live in a neighborhood where people drop off babies at doorsteps. There's no pool parties here. That's, I don't know. I feel I I just feel like I'm not saying I have like a super happy life and she has a super sad life. I just mean in general, just the constant if you can it didn't ruin her day, but if you can kind of get bummed out, you don't have a pool. Holy shit. Good luck ever having a good day. Don't get me wrong, I get bummed out about things all the time. I wish certain things would happen or uh, Life was different in many ways, but just, I just want less things. None of the things I have now are even my idea. (laughs) I've said that before. I recall making very few decisions in my life, but here I am. I have a wife. I have three children. I'm a comedian. It turned out pretty good, and I feel like I just went where the fucking wind blew me. Maybe the wind will blow me a pool. 
Maybe if the wind blew me enough, I wouldn't need a wife. Come on, folks. Comedy! Comedy. That's a very one-sided thought, and I understand that. But I just, sometimes I look at my wife, who I love very much, and I'm like, I wish <laughs> you could just be. I wish you didn't set yourself up that, like, this is the thing I need to happen to have this be a good day or a good life or a good week or a good trip or a good house. Uh, so anyway, long story short, uh, we're getting a pool. No, we're not. <laughs> we're not. Um, man, I'm getting wild out here. I'm getting wild out here in the car. I've already done this a long time, but I took two weeks off. I want to, okay, I'm going to talk about Simone Biles real quick because I know you guys tune in for gymnastics knowledge. I just, uh, Simone Biles, uh, greatest gymnast of all time. I know, I know that not because I follow gymnastics that closely, but Christy was a gymnast, state champ in Washington State on floor in 1989, 90. I don't know. I don't remember the year. Anyway, she used to do gym gymnastics. So she's, she pays attention to these things. Simone Biles is the greatest gymnast of all time. Not American. All time. World. Best gymnast ever. World championships. I don't know, 30 medals or something. Like, best of all time. Not even close. Uh, so she has got a problem right now where she did, like, everyone know. You guys know. She did an event. She pulled out of the competition. She did like one. It didn't go well. She's like, I'm too fucked up in the head. This isn't going to go well. So let me, I, I want to say this. She owes, Simone Biles owes no one anything. She owes the country nothing. <laughs> in general, I don't have a problem with quitting. Many things should be quit. Uh, I'm not like mad at her. That like how dare she bail out on her teammates or or how dare she I don't give a shit about gymnastics. I don't but I I do kind of have a problem with the kind of false narrative that social media and the news has had. Because right now, I mean, there's this, there's the one side that's like she's like almost like she's a traitor, and how dare she quit on her teammates? But the other side is she's a hero for prioritizing mental health, and I just this is a sad story. We're talking about the greatest athlete of all time in her sport. And she's so fucked up in the head right now, she can't even compete. This is not an inspirational story. This is a story about the impact of mental health. This, this is not like she took a personal day and now she's going to get better. People are like spinning this like, Sometimes I call in sick to work. Uh, I have a mental health day at the insurance company I work at. No, this is not the same thing. This is a very sad story about the impact of mental health on one particular person. A person who, by the way, has been molested by a former coach. I can't help but think that might have some shit to do with it. But this is not like a, this is not a triumph story. If the winner in this story is not Simone Biles, it's mental illness. The mental illness one. Whatever it is. Anxiety, depression. Depression? <laughs> it's right next to Russia. Depression. Uh, you know, whatever it is. Trauma, uh, depression, any of those things. It won. It beat her. I think at this point when I'm recording, she still may or may not compete in some of the events later. But it's like, that idea, look, I have, there's no, of course, I can't ever identify with the pressure of being an Olympic athlete. None of us can. None of us have any idea what that's like. I'm sure it's incredible uh, in a bad way. And, and you know, But 
This is not a triumphant story. This is a very sad story. People, people are saying things like, I respect her now more than ever. Why? Because she's sick? How, how is it more heroic to quit than lose? And again, I don't care if she quits. I'm not mad at her for saying, I don't know if I can do this. But why would you like her now more than ever? Now that I know she has serious mental health problems, you can see her cracking. I watched the events where she quit. She told her teammates she was quitting. She put on her warm-ups and she cheered her teammates on. And it, you could see in her eyes, this is a person having a breakdown, okay? She's, this is, this is not going to be highlighted in her life as a time of great triumph. You know what my best accomplishment ever was? It wasn't all those gold medals. It was the time I lost my fucking mind in Tokyo and had to quit during the Olympics. I, I'm not mad at her. I'm not judging her. I don't think she's a failure. <laughs> but the idea that like now I respect her more than ever or she's a hero or she... What? This is an entirely false narrative. She's a 24-year-old woman who looks like a child who is seriously struggling with her mental health. It's only a sad story. This is only a sad story. There is no victory. There's, and everyone's trying to spin it like it is. Even the gymnastics announcers would be like, and it's amazing how fast she went from competing to being her teammate's biggest cheerleader. <laughs> what? You don't believe that. When you go to commercial break, you're looking at each other and you're going, what the fuck is going on? Why did she quit? I even saw shit on Twitter that was like, maybe she wanted her teammates to be able to win and take a step back. Yeah, because that's how Olympic athletes think. And by the way, I know gymnastics is a little different than many sports because if you're messed up in the head, you can get seriously injured uh, when you're turning over 90 times in the air before you land. I do, I do understand that. But I, I also think... If this was a man, I, this might be, I think this is kind of sexist towards women because we're almost treating her like she's this precious little flower because, again, she looks 13 even though she's 24, where it's like, you know what, this little lady does need to take care of herself. If LeBron James went 0 for 10 in the first quarter of the NBA Finals and then told his teammates, I'm not feeling it today. I'm not going to play the rest of the game. No one is celebrating that as a victory for <laughs> checking your own mental health or taking a personal day. Or no one's saying, now I respect LeBron more than ever. Even if after... If LeBron James quit in the first quarter and after the game said, look, I'm just really struggling with my mental health. I'm super depressed. I got a lot going on. There's a lot of pressure. The hoop looks like it's six inches wide. I can't make a shot. I got scared. It's not the same story. And I, do, I, I don't want people to be mad at Simone Biles. I think that's bullshit too. It's not our business. People... <laughs> She doesn't owe us anything, but she's clearly having a mental health breakdown. And to pretend this is a victory for her or anyone is really weird. I mean, we've all known people with mental health problems. I got a few inside the house right now. And, you know, let's say if you have a friend who has to go to, like, a psychiatric ward... <laughs> Is your first thought good for them? Good for them for prioritizing their mental health. Or are you like, oh no. What's going on that they had to go there? And so I hope 
she pulls out of this, you know, we'll never know, probably. But I just, uh, the narrative and the tone, I actually tweeted, I took it down because I didn't really realize that a lot of people were shitting on her. You know, almost like she let America down or something. You know, like, oh, she disgraced our country. Like, really? She's won, like, multiple gold medals. And you work in paint at Home Depot. So I don't know what you're so fucking mad about. Uh, so I, I took the tweet down, but I said uh, it was something like... Uh, well, see, now I can't remember. It was something like... I. Now that I know uh, quitting is considered prioritizing your mental health, I'm going to rebrand dropping out of community college. Uh, but then I saw a bunch of other people just saying rude shit about her. I'm like, okay, I don't want to be on that group. So I, I did. I'm not afraid to take a tweet down. Uh, but I do. And also, she's so good. It's not even... You can't really compare her to LeBron James because LeBron James, I don't know, let's say he scores 30 points and the next guy on the team, the next highest scorer in the game scores 25 points or something. It's like, she's, she can fuck up and still win because her degree of difficulty is so much higher than the other gymnasts. You know, I mean, you know, Simone Biles at 70% is better than her teammates at 100. Uh, so the the idea that like, you know, some other people got to compete because she dropped out, but like, they probably would have won gold, the all around gold, if she would have competed at a somewhat decent level. Uh, obviously, we ne- we didn't really get to see if she would turn it around because she uh, she quit. But it it just it just bothers me. It bothers me that people are mad at her, and it bothers me that other people think she's a hero because of this. She's not prioritizing her mental health. Her life is falling apart because of her mental health. You know. And I I I I saw <laughs> I saw one person tweeted like if you support Simone Biles then you got to support support the black woman in your office who doesn't turn on her camera during the Zoom meeting. And I'm like, "Well, what?" I don't I don't know your friend, but she seems like a shitty employee. <laughs> and I've been a shitty employee, so I get it. But I just, I don't know. What an Olympic athlete does at the top level of athleticism and top level of competition doesn't really apply to most of our jobs. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of people who don't show up to work. And you could say they were prioritizing their mental health, or you could be mad that they didn't show up to work. Um, so I feel I feel a lot of empathy for her, and I feel bad for her. But I, um, uh, it's just not everything makes you a hero. It just makes you human, you know. Oh, that's enough. I regret all these topics. I got to be lighter next time. Why do? How do you come back from vacation angry? <laughs> uh anyway thanks to uh, all the what what we call Rutledge revelers uh people who support this podcast financially I really do appreciate it um if you would like to do that go to uh, the episode notes click on support this podcast for as little as 99 cents a month um you can help me buy Hawaiian shirts for my children so they can look like Tom Selleck and Magnum P.I. We saw where they used to film that, too. No, not where we, they used to film. They are like, that's where Tom Selleck stayed uh, when he filmed Magnum P.I., which my mother-in-law was very excited about. Not only does my mother-in-law uh, think prices aren't for her, she kept tell, saying to the car guy, she'd be like, well, if we can get it for 200 bucks a day, I'll do it for the whole time. And he was, he was like, no. I mean, there's a line of 100 people behind us. They're running out of cars. We're not, it's not a buyer's market. He's like, no, I can't do that. Uh, but she also, she always thinks she knows someone at a store. Like, oh, well, 
if you ever go to this place, uh, go tell Bill that you know, I won't say your name, and, uh, you know, he'll hook you up. And that's been true forever because when I, I called her to say I wanted to marry her daughter, uh, Christy specifically, I wasn't like, I want to marry one of your daughters. Uh, she, but I wanted to use the ring uh, that used to be hers, used to be her grandma's. Oh my God, I can't even remember. I'm a terrible person because we don't wear rings anymore. But I didn't have to buy the ring. It was like a family heirloom ring. And she said, she said take it to, uh, I don't remember the name of the jewelry store, Panowitz or something. She's like, take it to Panowitz Jewelers and tell them, um, <laughs> you know, tell them my name and they'll give you. So I went there because I had to get it cleaned and shined up and fixed up. I went there and I'm like, I used her name and they go, I don't know who that is. And then they asked around. No one knew her. No one in the whole fucking jewelry store knew her. <laughs> I'm jealous. I wish I had that confidence. Hey, next time you go to Safeway, if you ever get the cashier named Ellen, tell her Gabe says hi. Um, well, this podcast may not have been good, but fuck, it was long. This podcast is not about quality. Sometimes it is about quantity. Um, <laughs> if you're one of the people who pays for it, you got a good amount of time at least. Uh, for everyone else, this podcast was free and worth it. Show's over. We're done. Bye.